Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How are you? I am fine. I apologize for yesterday. I had a real little emergency, but I am fine. So I, I bless God for all of you who inquired how I was doing. I'm doing very, very well. And thank you for those of you who prayed. God is good. So God bless you. I was going to go back to the Catechism Explained today, but looking at LiveSite News this morning, I have to uh, bring an article to you that is um, that in my younger years would have been Rod Serling's Twilight Zone, absolute Twilight Zone. The heading is, Democrats' War on Parents Just Took a Radical New Turn, Taking Conservatives' Children Away. Beloved, if you have children and that doesn't scare you, something is very, very wrong. California just launched a sickening new attack on parents. It's part of a growing trend among Democrats, but it's not just California. I'm going to read this to you. If Democrats have their way, parents who oppose transgender ideology or irreversible drugs and surgeries for kids may lose custody of their children in the near future. They're already losing custody, beloved. The article says that may sound too radical to be real, but it's happening. In late September, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill, SB 107, that allows California courts to take emergency jurisdiction of children who come to the state for gender transitions. Can you imagine? In other words, starting in January... California will be able to strip parents in any state of their custody rights if their children seek chemical or surgical mutilation within California's borders or even through telemedicine with a California-based doctor. Moreover, the law authored by a homosexual lawmaker from San Francisco and co-sponsored by Planned Parenthood could promote abduction of minors to California and leave parents powerless to stop it. Can you imagine that we are reading this openly in public today? SB, the law 107, includes a broad broad carve-out that protects the taking of a child to pursue, protects the taking of a child, come in your home and take your children to pursue transgender drugs or surgeries, as conservative legal group Alliance Defending Freedom has pointed out. This gives a relative who secretly takes a child to California and arranges for gender identity procedures on the child a pathway to also strip the parents of their rights and obtain sole custody of the child, the group explained. 
Parents whose child visits a relative in California could lose custody of their child forever if the relative persuades the child to identify as a different gender during the visit. California's ultra-radical attack on parents would have been unthinkable just a few years ago. But in 2022, it is part of a growing trend among far-left Democrats. Days after Newsom signed SB 107, a Democrat lawmaker in Virginia, Representative Elizabeth Guzman, announced she would introduce legislation to criminalize parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity and strip their custody rights. The bill would force schools to report such parents to Virginia's Child Virginia's Child Protective Services. Asked what penalties parents could face under the measure, Guzman responded, it could be a felony, it could be a misdemeanor, but we know that CPS, Child Protective, listen to this, Protective Services, charge could harm your employment, could harm their education, because nowadays many people do a CPS database search before offering employment. Guzman designed her bill with an activist linked to the pro- an activist linked to the Pride Liberation Project, an LBG LGBT group recently caught trying to help homosexual and gender-confused youth run away from home to live with a queer, friendly adult. This even is not the first time that Virginia Democrats have worked with groomers to take away people's kids. In 2020, Guzman and four Democratic colleagues introduced a similar bill soon after Democrats retook control of the state legislature. As the Daily Wire noted, the only sponsor of that bill in the Virginia Senate had previously been indicted for child pornography and underage sex crimes. Democrats pushed to gut parental rights as part of their totalitarian LGBT agenda has already had devastating effects on families. In recent years, a growing number of parents around the country have been tragically separated from their children because of opposition to LGBT ideology. The article doesn't end there, beloved, but why do we have this state? Why is the country uh, diving into such heretofore unspeakable evil. It is, I will say, yes, Satan's behind it. Yes, all his forces are behind the destruction of the family. There's no question. But it's because Catholics don't live their faith. You cannot be Catholic and vote Democrat. You cannot. Father James Altman was put out of his um, pastorate in Wisconsin by his bishop because he made that statement. You cannot be Catholic and vote Dem. You can call yourself a Catholic and vote Democrat, but the Democratic Party is against God, is against life. Years ago, they made a statement to throw God out of their party. They're for abortion. They're for all kinds of things. In the past, 
there was a time when Catholics could be Democrat, but no more. They are the party of death without any question, without any question, the party of death. So you may, by tradition in your family, generations, be Democrats. But if you're still a Democrat, you are in the party of death, of utter evil, of utter destruction of the family, with utter abandonment of God. You cannot. The country is in this shape because Catholics don't live their faith. And you say, Mother, what are you blaming it on Catholics? They're your people. Why are you blaming it on us? Because we don't live the faith. We are here to transform the culture. And we have allowed the culture to transform us. We are not in the world and not of it, as our Lord told us. The stores would be closed on Sunday, as they used to be. If Catholics didn't shop on Sunday, there'd be no restaurants open. If Catholics didn't demand other people serve them on their day of rest, it's supposed to be the day of rest for the entire human race. We don't live our faith. We don't live our faith. We dress like the world, immodest, half-naked, awful. Um, I don't think Catholics have any less abortion rate, any less um, divorce rate. We are a disgrace to God as a people in the world. And that's why the world is in the shape it is. Does it have to remain this way? It does not. But we need to start living our faith. Is that going to reverse the evil that's coming upon us? I don't think so. I think it's too late. But it will save our families. How is it that children want to change their identities? Because you're sending them to public schools or Catholic schools that speak about gender identity? Catholic schools, yes. One Catholic once wrote in here on um, uh, Mother Miriam Live, and he said that I send my, my, my children to a Catholic school and there's uh, the confirmation of the girls. The, the class of girls is being confirmed. And there's a boy who thinks he's a girl or wants to be. And so he wants to be confirmed with the girls and put on a little white dress and veil and all of that. And he went to the principal and the principal won't do anything about it. And he went to his bishop and the bishop won't do anything about it. No, don't offend, just let it happen. That's evil. That's evil. And priests and bishops who allow that will be accountable before God. It is absolutely evil. Shame on you for not protecting the sheep and the children. Shame on you for calling the school Catholic and letting such evil parade and offending all the others. Beloved, if you don't get your children out of public schools and any Catholic school that would teach such thing or that would have a class on sex ed, if you don't get your children out, soon you'll be a victim of this and they will be taken from you. Children would not even have an idea that they could choose gender if they didn't hear it from the evil of the world. They'd never hear it from your home. They'd never hear it from a Catholic home. You are ruining your children by sending them out to the world. You are abandoning your vocation. There is the music for our first break, dear ones. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Words from Pope Pius XII's encyclical letter at Celi Reginam. Let all, therefore, try to approach with greater trust the throne of grace and mercy of our Queen and Mother and beg for strength in adversity, light in darkness, consolation in sorrow. Above all, let them strive to free themselves from the slavery of sin and offer an unceasing homage filled with filial loyalty to their queenly mother. Let churches be thronged by the faithful, her feast days honored. May the beads of the rosary be in the hands of all. May Christians gather in small numbers and large to sing her praises in churches, in homes, in hospitals, in prisons. May Mary's name be held in highest reverence a name sweeter than honey and more precious than jewels. All, according to their state, should strive to bring alive the wondrous virtues of our Heavenly Queen and Most Loving Mother through constant effort of mind and manner. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. We're going to take your calls today, your texts, and your emails after the second break. I want to continue with this uh, devastating article uh, on today's uh, online live site news having to do with um, Governor Newsom and others um, uh, voting to come into your homes and take your children, reporting you to... um, the Department of So-Called Protective Services for Children um, if you will not allow them to change their gender, to change their identity. Parents are against it, then the state will come and take your children. Democrats pushed, that was our last paragraph, to gut parental rights as part of their totalitarian LGBT agenda has already had devastating effects on families. In recent years, a growing number of parents around the country have been tragically separated from their children because of opposition to LGBT ideology. Um, Beloved, if you keep your children home, if you homeschool them, if you bring them up where their identity is Catholic, a man or a woman, however they're born, God determines that we do not, it, uh, it's it's completely evil. Children should not even be exposed to this. Even before Newsom, I'm continuing now with the article, 
Even before Newsom signed SB 107, multiple parents in California lost their custody rights for not being affirming enough, like Abigail Martinez, whose gender-confused daughter ultimately killed herself after being remanded to state custody. The Epic Times reported about Martinez, who unsuccessfully fought the Los Angeles school system and child services department. Abigail told us that she was visited regularly by members of the trans advocacy group RISE, R-I-S-E, and recounted one of them encouraging her to have a funeral for your daughter and adopting your son. Do you hear this? She has a little girl. Have a funeral for your girl and adopt your son. She was told not to talk about God. They told me if you do that, you will never see your daughter, she said. This is... This is the pit of evil, the utter pit of evil. And the enemy, beloved, has succeeded in duping us. And you say, well, we're not duped. My family's not duped. Are you sending your children to public school? Yes, they are. Are you in the world? Yes. You are not living a Catholic life. You are not a witness to the world. Parents have faced similar ordeals in Chicago, Cincinnati, and Dallas. In the Old Covenant, would the Hebrews send their children out to the pagan world and expect their children, be just because they live at home, to not be influenced by all that satanic ideology? It would be insane. And the parents would be guilty, not the children. The parents would be abandoning the vocation, abandoning their identity as God's people. The article continues, no doubt we'll see more cases like this. As Democrat-run states, many of which already indoctrinate children into LGBT confusion, with mandatory gender ideology, rush to join California as transgender sanctuary states. Michigan may be next with a constitutional amendment on the ballot next week that would create a fundamental right to sterilization, including for children. Beloved, if you call yourself a Catholic, voting is coming up, midterms are coming up. If you vote for one Democratic individual, you are increasing You are turning from God, and you are increasing the evil in this world. No one who walks with God would be part of the Democratic Party. They are tremendously evil. They are evil. They are out to destroy the population of this country and the world. And if Democrats, the article says, keep their majority in the House and net just two more Senate seats in the midterms, they will pass their radical pro-LGBT Equality Act, which the Heritage Foundation has warned could lead to more prosecutions against parents who refuse to aid in the sterilization of their children. Opposition to gender transitioning is not the only type of ideological dissent threatening conservatives. 
threatening conservatives' custody rights. According to a January poll, around one-third of Democratic voters agree with... Listen... One-third of Democratic voters agree with removing children from unvaccinated parents, and Democratic judges have done just that. Liberals openly describe raising kids according to Christian beliefs as a form of child abuse. How much longer before they come for religious households? They're already doing it. They're already removing children and putting them in camps in this country. What do we need? This is not what's coming in the future. This is what is upon us now. How can you dare to send your children into the world one more day in this new era of woke extremist Democrats One of our most fundamental and sacred rights is now on the ballot, the right to keep our own children. Beloved, I I don't know if it's too late. You must go to the polls. You must prevent one more Democrat from being in any office whatsoever. You must prevent it. And if you don't, and you call yourself Catholic, you are deceived. You can call yourself what you wish, just like our president calls himself a Catholic, and others in administration call themselves a Catholic. Governors call themselves Catholic. And they will be all the more accountable before God, because they are not. They are deceived. They are blind. They are under the control of the devil, of the evil one. The devil himself has entered the Catholic Church, as Pope Paul VI said a long time ago. The smoke of Satan has entered the Church, the Catholic Church, because it is the Church of Christ. There are no multiple religions. It is the only religion God has willed. And that's why it's the religion that the enemy has attacked. The family is God's number one instrument for building his kingdom. No other instrument. Children are not to be raised by a village or by the government. It's an absolute lie from hell. The family is the only design of God to raise children, to raise a civilization, to raise the kingdom of God on earth. And if you fall for any other thing, you are a subject of the devil. You can go to church on Sunday. You can do all that. Let your children be exposed to this and you will ruin them. You will absolutely ruin them. And you are ruining them. Let them walk around immodest. Let them walk around, let your girls walk around in tights, which used to be underwear for us. With everything exposed, their legs, their behind, everything exposed, they are naked before the world. Parents, if you don't wake up, there's no heaven for you. You are sending your children to hell. You are allowing them to be taken by the devil. And if you don't bring them home, and you don't teach them the faith at home, and rescue them from the world, keep them separate, they can hardly be in the world and not of it anymore. You need to keep them 
with Catholic, you know, we grew up in a Jewish home. We didn't have non-Jewish friends. We weren't allowed. Why? Because they're bad? No. Because they had different values than us. They didn't think the same way. They didn't wear the same clothes. They didn't have the same values. Are they bad? We love them. No. But our parents wanted to make sure we knew we were God's people. And indeed, we needed to be in the world and not of it. And we were, as children. And we grew up and got out, got out on our own and were influenced by so many things. Let your children be in the world and let them dress like the world so they can be popular. And I want to tell parents to protect their children, especially the young ladies, and have them dress modestly. No skirt should ever be above the knees, not even on a child. I know parents who want to take their young teenagers and tell them to start dressing with long skirts, but they never have before. Why switch your value when they become teenagers? The value should be there from birth. They need to be there, beloved. I've met with Orthodox Jewish children, and their skirts are always to the floor, and they always wear shirts never above their elbows. And they're modern, and they look beautiful. They don't look like duds. They're beautiful, attractive young ladies, but they know who they are. They're God's people. You have no more time to decide. You have no more time to decide. If you don't take your children home, and mothers, I want to tell you how to dress your children, how to raise them with Christian values, same with your boys, but you're dressing like them now. You're wearing the same tights they wear, the same tight clothing, exposing your body. You're doing the same. How are you going to teach them? Instead of you're influencing them, you've let them influence you. You want to be popular. You want to be with it. And you've succeeded. But you have turned from God in the vocation he has given you. If you think I'm being harsh, read the article I've just read. Your children will be taken from you. You will destroy them. They will leave your home when they're old enough. They will leave the so-called Catholic religion you've raised them in. You thought you raised them because you brought them to church. You have not. You have not. The only way that you can raise your children Catholic is if you live a Catholic home, if you are modest, if your home is truly a Catholic home, with crucifixes in every room, with Mary and Joseph and the Holy Family all over the place, with a prayer table, when you gather at night and you read stories of the saints and you pray the rosary together, and you don't walk around even your house in tights because you stand before God and you dress properly. I'm not telling you anything extreme. It may sound extreme because it's Catholic and we've lost our faith and we've lost our way. There's no more time. If you want to save your lives and your souls and your children, there's no more time. You need to change now radically overnight and live the faith as if it's the only way for you to be saved because it is the only way to be saved.
This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 4th. Today we celebrate St. Charles Borromeo. Though born into the nobility in 1538, Charles Borromeo desired early on to devote himself to the church. As a bishop who lived during the time of the Protestant Reformation, he had had a hand in church reform during the final years of the Council of Trent. Following his important work at the council, Borromeo devoted himself to his responsibilities as Archbishop of Milan. Reform was needed in every phase of Catholic life among both clergy and laity. He insisted that if the people were called to a better life, the bishops and other clergy had to be the first to give good example. Archbishop Borromeo practiced what he preached, allotting most of his income to charity, denying himself all luxury, and performing many penances. During the plague and famine of 1576, he often fed 60 to 70,000 people daily. When civil authorities fled Milan at the height of the plague, he stayed. There he ministered to the sick and the dying, helping those in want. The heavy burdens of his office brought on Borromeo's early death in 1584 at age 46. He was canonized in 1610. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and I'm going to take your calls, your emails, your texts, um, uh, and the toll-free number to call or text is 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com, and you can text at the toll-free number as well. We have Gordon from Iowa on the line. My dear Gordon, you're calling to tell us about the first five Fridays and first five Saturdays, aren't you? Yes, Mother Mary, and especially the five first Saturdays devotion, because Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, first of all, don't be surprised when you start to try to perform the five first Saturdays devotion if you are opposed or have obstacles, because I have found in the past that there are many obstacles that Satan puts in our way. That's right. Obstacles you you wouldn't even think of uh, that will try to keep you from performing the five first Saturdays devotion because Satan does not want that to happen. You're right, Gordon. And let me just say this, because we we have two other callers waiting and lots of emails. Um, Anytime, I know you agree, Gordon, that we live for God, um, 
it, we're going to be attacked by Satan. And you're very right, because Our, ladies, Our Lady has asked for the first five Fridays and Saturdays, um, the enemy is certainly going to attack. There's no question, dear Gordon. So I'm going to urge people, simply, uh, whatever search engine you have, type in first five Saturdays, devotion, and you will get it, and it'll tell you how to do it in the background and all of that. Is that okay, Gordon? Yes, Mother Marin. Thank you very much for allowing me to say that. Yes, God bless you. I'm, I'm happy for you to call in and emphasize, reminding us that today is the first Friday and tomorrow the first Saturday. God bless you, dear one. Okay. Um, Kurt, my friend from Boston, I cut you off yesterday with that little emergency I had. I'm so sorry. That's okay. How are you doing, Mother Mary? Much, much better, sweetheart. We're going to have to make it quick today, but much, much better. Quick. I apologize for doing that to you yesterday. No, that's fine. I understand. Hey, they've got to live life. Um, my only, my only, my question is this. Basically, you're right. We have to radically change our lives. And talking about raising our kids, what I tell my grandson, he's going to be 19 this month. So I say, look, all I can do is give you advice because now you're an adult. But this is why I talk to you about the faith. I know sometimes you don't want to hear it because that's all I talk about. But I says, Josh, you got to remember something. I'm going to go before God and I'm going to be held accountable. So I have to tell you because he's not going to forget your words, Kurt. He's not going to forget your words. Even if he rolls his eyes, God forbid, he will not forget your words, Kurt. Don't ever stop being who God has made you. Uh, people may find you too forward, too forceful. Don't worry about it. God knows who to bring you to. And you are a faithful witness. Don't ever worry about that. I need to get on to our next callers, Kurt. Um, but God bless you. And um, God continue to use you to spread the gospel. We have a call from Paul in Williamson, New York. Hi, Paul. Hi, Mother Mary, and this is Paul in, uh, yeah, Buffalo. Hi, dear. Hello, dear. Um, thank you for your, uh, everything that you're doing and the courage. Uh, I think of the crown, uh, crowning of thorns and the third mystery of what is the... Uh, the sorrowful uh, mysteries. Sorrowful mystery. mm -hmm. Yes, my dear, thank you so much. Thank um, you, Paul. Yeah, and this, this is perfect to follow up with Kurt. Um, well, I'm stopping this time because usually I call too late in the show. <laughs> so I'm stop what I'm doing. Now I know who you are. Okay, I got you. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, um, uh, yeah. Um, so thinking about the raising of children by the parents and mm -hmm. teaching the faith by the, mm -hmm. of the you know by the parents that you mm -hmm. can't just attend mass and uh, right. you know, or go to a Catholic school and count on that. Right. So the parents really need to be there and uh, my life my faith journey experience was not practicing for 25 years mm -hmm. so yeah and a, a lot of things now and this is a good follow-up with Kurt uh, from Boston uh, I every day of my life I if I uh, stay close to the Lord now after coming back to practice for the last 24 years uh, every day of my life now is uh, I realize that uh, the penance that's involved with 
uh, everyday life and, uh, um, and, 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 and just the growth in faith through that, um, mm-hmm. uh, Good. you know, cause, cause, cause the, you know, mother Mary and the culture is, is one thing, but we don't, we, we can be in this world, but not of this world. That's eh? it. That's our calling to be in the world and not of it. And, and all through 2000 years, that was the calling of the Hebrew people to be in the world and not of it. Um, and they were to live in the midst of a pagan world, but be, as God said, a peculiar people by everything they did, their government, their liturgy, their dress, their food, the way they lived, everything. They would be so different than the pagan world around them would look at them and say, what are you? How come you're so different? And they'd be able to witness to the true God. That's our calling. We must be different than the world, especially, all we have to do is be truly Catholic today. You don't have to do anything, and you'll be different, because the world has gotten so evil, by their speech, by your dress, by what you do and what you don't do. You'll be an automatic witness. Paul, God bless you, my dear one. We're going to go on to Josephine in Rochester. Hi, Joe. Hello, Mother Miriam. Hi, dear. Mother Miriam, I love you very much, and I listen Thank you. to you. I try to listen to you every day. Thank you, Josephine. You're in Rochester. Okay, Rochester, New York. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, the reason I'm calling Mother Miriam is um, I was raised in a very Catholic home growing up, Good. and I tried to do the best with my twin sons, and I homeschooled them. You know, we had them baptized, and we had... First confession, first communion. When we were homeschooling, I took them to mass with me um, almost daily. I still attend daily mass, but on um, last May, my one of my twins started um, really misbehaving and purchasing, taking some gift cards from us, purchasing um, phones and iPads and tablets. And how old is viewing. he? How old? He's 14 now, and he was... And, ha- and whose well, money did he did he buy those stuff with? Our gift cards. Like, if family gave us a gift card, he would take it. We didn't know what was going on until I saw him one night using a phone unrestricted to the Internet. Mm-hmm. And now, as of May, he was refusing to come to class with me when we were doing homeschooling. And um, so now we started them in a public school because it was the only thing he could attend. No. So... Absolutely um, I am not. so sorry about this. And yep. he is, they refuse, him and his twin brother refuse. They say, if you pull us out of public school, we won't attend school at all. Mother Miriam, what am I supposed to Let do? them not attend school at all. Don't destroy them. Get them out of public school. They're not running their lives. You have the vocation of raising children for heaven. They must obey you. And if they don't, there needs to be consequences. You don't accommodate them. If they don't want to come to class, then they don't get an education. And you need to impose consequences. They have no choice. They have no choice. You say, we homeschool, and you come to... Now, how, what influenced them to rebel against not coming to class? I believe what happened was when he purchased these iPhones and tablets. He was unrestricted to the internet. He made friends on the internet that we're not, we don't even know. 
How come? How come you don't know? Well, because he would wake up in the middle of the night. I woke up one night. I saw light. I started noticing a change. Why was he unrestricted on the Internet, Josephine? Why did he have the free use of the Internet? Because um, he had purchased a phone and we did not know that he had it on him. He had gone to the store by himself and... Um, like I would say, I'll take you to the park and you take a walk and there's a store next to it. I did not know when I was doing my walk slowly that he had perhaps gone to the store. And my husband is, is quadriplegic in bed on bed rest. So he couldn't keep an eye on them as closely either. But the point is I do blame us as parents. I know that, um, I don't want to offend Christ. And neither does my husband. You don't what? We do not want to offend Christ. We we want, you I know, got it. I want mm-hmm. to raise children properly. Mm-hmm. However, I am very concerned that they get upset with us and they say, you know what? You're you know concerned what? that they what? That they rebel against us. They rebel. Okay, now, Josephine, you're afraid of your children. That's the problem. You are afraid of them. When you found your 14-year-old, who's one of the twins, right? When you found that he had gone to the store with the gift card of your family without your permission and bought the phone, what did you do? I never found out that he had taken the gift card. I found him one night. The hallway was had a little light. So I left my room. I followed the light, and I saw him on his hands and knees using a phone. At about three o'clock in the morning. And what did I, you do? I questioned him, and he he denied it straight to my face. What did you ask he him? When you questioned I, him, what did you ask him? I said, "Are you using a phone? And where did you get that phone?" He said, "It wasn't a phone." And he showed me a piece of something plastic and said, "Is this what you think you saw?" And I said, "No, I saw you using a phone. I saw. I even saw the cord connected." And and um, denied it. He denied it. And then he hides. He he would hide things. His twin brother finally told us, "Ma, he's hiding phones and tablets in the." So then, what did you, know, you do he, when you found out? What did you do? We took them away, and he got very combative with us. Would throw things at us, and of course, my husband. Well, you, what did you do when he would combat and throw things at you? What did you do? Thing I I I, I cried. I, I told him what he was doing was wrong, and and um, my husband. You're afraid of him. Like, when a son throws things at his mother, you put him out of the house on the street. Out. You pack his things, or you tell him to pack, and you say you have, unless you get down on your knees and you apologize and amend your behavior. You are out of this house within 15 minutes, out. Mm-hmm. You, if you allow your children to do that, you are ruining them. You are ruining them. There's no consequence to their behavior. They know that they've got you. You're afraid of them. Green, Mother Miriam, because that's exactly what he says. They say, what, the, what can you do to us? Because they're over six feet tall. I'm a little over five. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You put them out of the house. And if they harm you, you call the police on them. Mm-hmm. If you don't deal strictly with them, they will be criminals. You cannot have your children overpower you. 
you must discipline them and you must show them that they cannot win. You say, I want you out of this house in 15 minutes or on your knees apologizing. And the yeah. next time you misbehave like this, you are out. Whether you yes, apologize yes. or not. They need Thank to know mother. that. And if they do anything more, you call the police on them. Thank if you don't do it, you're going to be raising criminals because they're already starting. Yes, they are. Thank you so much, Mother. Josephine, are they both like this now, both twins? They're both getting bad. Now the other right. one is turning bad. The language is getting bad. because No, you throw them out. You say one word against your mother, one curse word, one physical attempt. You are out of this house, and you need to apologize. Well, I won't do it anymore. You know, you need to add down on your knees and apologize. Otherwise, you call the police and get them out. Thank you. Okay, Josephine, you must save your boys. Get them out of public school. We'll be right back, everyone. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just out of touch? It's going to have to change if it ever hopes to be relevant in today's world. But G.K. Chesterton says, we do not need a church that will move with the world. We need a church that will move the world. It's not that the church has to change, it's that the world has to change, and it's up to us, as the church, to change the world. That is the call to conversion. We don't convert the world by giving in to it. Chesterton says, the world is converted by the saint that contradicts it most. I guess that explains why in an age that worships money, sex, and power, the most influential woman in the modern world was a tiny little nun taking care of the sick and dying in the streets of Calcutta. Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes and two people on the line. You might still have a time to call in. one 511 5483 And the email address is mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Rose on the line from Buffalo, New York. Hi, Rose. Hi. Hi, Mother Miriam. How are you? I'm terrific, Rose. Thanks so much. Do you have a question? Um, yes. Um, mm-hmm. The reason the reason for my call is because um, I raised I raised a son in in Catholic ways, and um, unfortunately, I say unfortunately, um, he decided to marry someone who is not and is not affiliated to any religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of very upsetting and sad in a way. Mm-hmm. But in the same time, I'm trying to find ways to act where um, I'm not um, pushing them away more. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And that's why I'm asking for some suggestions. Um, she, I don't know exactly where she's at because she tries to not talk about religion mm-hmm. and... Um, so I don't know if she doesn't believe completely or if she just doesn't like the rules and all the regulations and the commandments about the Catholic religion. I guess that's one of the reasons they don't want to be put into any rules. But I was hoping if there was something, maybe uh, some suggestion from you or maybe a book or something where she can actually see for herself and realize and maybe God open her eyes and heart that there is um, God, there is Mary, there is Jesus, and mm-hmm. and she she's not um, she doesn't know this, and she's like completely um, fallen away from something that's the truth. Has she fallen away, or was she ever baptized in Catholic? Was I don't even bat- know. She like yeah. I said, she doesn't even. They don't. Right. She doesn't even talk to me about anything. All right, like she so she's not necessarily fallen away. I mean, she may be have been raised an atheist. Um, how did you raise your son as a Catholic? I did, but um, I feel like he's not a practicing Catholic. Well, obviously he's not. No, obviously he's not. Do you have a husband at home? I do. And is he practicing Catholic? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until what time did you, uh, up until when did your son practice his faith as far as you know? Well, um, till he was at home, then he decided to leave on his own and, and left um, the Catholic well, faith. With me, with me at home, we would, Sunday would, would have, would all go to mass. I would push everybody to mass and well, I would Well, if you have to, to push everyone things. to mass, that's not a good thing. So he, when he left home, he pretty much left the faith, right? Which means he may not have had it to begin with. Um, Have you ever talked to your son about it? I did, and all he can say is she's not a good, bad person, so... And what about him? Does 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 he acknowledge that he has left the faith? He acknowledges, he says, oh, I will go to church. You know, he tries to make me in a way happy, I guess, but, um... Uh, I feel like he's just accepting her because she's not a bad person, and I'm sure God does he will exce- her. Does he receive communion? Uh, he does occasionally, not always, depends on... All right, what you um, need to do, Rose, is be very, very clear with him. 
you you can't demand anything of her. But with your son, you can say, son, I raised you Catholic with all the sacraments. It's your free will before God to turn from him. He said, well, I haven't turned from him. I still go to church. No, you don't. To not go to church any one Sunday is mortal sin. You've separated yourself from God. You've married outside the church. You're separated from God. You must not receive communion. No matter when you go, even Christmas and Easter, you must not receive communion because you have put yourself outside the grace of God. And if you receive communion without being a true practicing Catholic, that means you're in church every Sunday, you're keeping the commandments. If you receive communion, you are bringing yourself upon yourself mortal sin, upon the mortal sin of your leaving the church. If you go to the Catholic Church once in a while, that's fine, but do not receive communion. Um, you need to be very, very clear with him and say, son, you are living in mortal sin because you are living in a sexual relationship. Um, you've married outside the church without a dispensation. You are not practicing your faith. You are in mortal sin, which is grave sin. And if you die in your sleep, there's no heaven for you. The only way that you can continue with this relationship, apart from living as brother and sister, is to uh, renounce the faith. Go to the bishop and tell him you renounce the Catholic faith. You're no longer Catholic because there's no middle ground. Jesus said, you're hot or cold or I spew you out of my mouth. There's no lukewarmness allowed before God. So you either have to totally reject him and stay married in a pagan relationship, or you need to return to God and then live as a full Catholic, um, uh, a true Catholic, and you cannot be intimate with this woman. She's not baptized. If she's not baptized, you're not married in the church, and she either needs to convert or you need to live as brother and sister. It's very, very serious. Rose, you need to say those things to your son. Mother Miriam, he is going to decide to get married, and the church okayed the fact that he's Catholic and she's not. Yeah, but he's so. not Catholic. He's not practicing. He's not living his faith, according to you. And but if he were living way- his faith, he wouldn't marry her. Is there the a way where he can... The church doesn't approve. There's a wayward priest that has approved. I see. Is there a way that what? He could marry her? Well, his intentions are to marry her. Mm-hmm. So soon. And is there a way where he can get, you know, back back on the right track by doing this? Yeah, by, no. You know, confession and... He can go to confession, he can repent and decide to be truly Catholic, but then he cannot marry her. You you can't... Catholic means you are in a state of grace. You cannot be Catholic and marry. He'll be marrying outside the church. If she is baptized, which I think you don't know, right... If she is baptized and she agrees that the children can be raised Catholic and he repents and returns to the church, that's a possibility. But the children will not be raised Catholic if she could care less and she's not affiliated. 
they will not, she'll, she'll say yes to anything. The priest should not be marrying them. Did they have a class on marriage preparation? I don't know all the details. Yes, they do. They're doing that, but I don't know all the details. Is she going to agree uh, to no contraception? I don't know all the details. No, like you I see, I, I doubt. I doubt all of that. I think your son is going to be entering into a life of utter mortal sin, and he's on his way to hell, not heaven. He has to make some very strong decisions. According to what you do know, Rose, uh, it's not good. And maybe it's better than you think, but you need to find all these things out. And you okay. need to say your, to your son, I have several questions to ask you. Is she baptized? Will she raise the children Catholic? Uh, will she agree to no contraception? All of that. And he says, Mom, these are personal questions. Uh, they're, they're questions that are going to determine whether you, your soul goes to heaven or hell, including her own soul. Don't refrain. Don't worry about offending someone whose eternity is at stake. Okay, Rose. Tico, sweetheart, can you call back on Monday? I'm so sorry we couldn't get to your call. God bless all of you this weekend.